Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. All right. Jen Wang is a cartoonist, author, and illustrator living in Los Angeles. She is the author of The Prince and the Dressmaker, Coco Be Good, and co-author of the New York Times bestselling graphic novel In Real Life with Cory Doctorow. Her work has also appeared in Los Angeles Magazine, The Believer, Hazlitt, Slate, and McSweeney's. She has also written for the Adventure Time and Lumberjanes comic series, and she is the co-founder and organizer of the annual festival Comics Arts Los Angeles. Please put your hands together and give a warm welcome to Jen Wang. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is um, actually probably one of my maybe last like public events for a little while. I've been like kind of doing a lot of um, just like school visits and, and like, you know, lot, just like a lot of promotion for like the Prince and Dressmaker and like some for stargazing in the past like uh, year, but particularly like, you know, in this calendar year. So um, so it was nice to finally kind of come home and then um, end it on like a nice little homecoming <laughs> like skylight event. Um, so this will be a little relaxed, a little um, chill. And um, I, I'm not going to be doing my like grand like presentation stuff that I've been doing all year. Um, so, so hopefully it's not too disappointing. But um, I was mostly just going to talk a little bit about stargazing, my new book, and then, um, yeah, just do a quick little reading and then mostly kind of open it up for Q&A. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, have questions about how a graphic novel is made or like how, you know, what my daily routine is like when I'm working on a comic. So those are all um, things that you can ask me after. Um, so let's see, um, yeah. I mean, if not, if not, it's like it's not super vital, so I can just like kind of turn the screen around. Give me one second. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no worries. I, I'm also um, one of the organizers for a comic show, uh, Comic Arts LA, uh, that we do every December, and um, every year we, you know, just try to have like a nice little festival that's open to the public um, that everyone can just come and enjoy lots of like comics at, and um, that's something we do uh, the first. Uh, I think it's going to be the first weekend of December this year, um, December seventh and eighth, or eighth or ninth <laughs> but um in either case um i recommend um anyone who is interested in graphic novels and comics to come um there's a lot of kind of established um and up-and-coming um artists who are there um, that would be really cool for people who just kind of want to like check out something new um you know like support a lot of them are independent artists so they're not published um, they just like put out their own work and uh, that's something that we really want to encourage um, because that's how you know um, all of us get started that's how Rena Telgemeier got started that's how I got started um, so yeah so that's uh, something we're just putting together now but um, hopefully everyone can make it um, in December um, and you know tell your friends and it's it's a 
open to everyone, um, all ages, and uh, we have lots of nice little workshops and stuff too, so, um, and like kind of interactive events, so uh, I think this year is going to be pretty good, so I um, encourage you to check it out at Comic Arts LA, um, you can do a search. Um, other things, um, I think, uh, yeah, um, so Stargazing is a book that just came out, um, it's my first uh, middle grade graphic novel. Uh, all my previous books were considered YA, um, and so that's something that um, I've been kind of excited to do because um, I've never, I've never written for like a, a specifically and intentionally for younger audience. All the other books I've done, um, I've just kind of like sort of opened it as like an all ages thing in my mind, um, which like I mean it's the case with Stargazing too. But um, with Stargazing, I wanted it to to reach uh, younger readers. And um, initially I was very intimidating, um, but overall uh, it ended up being, I think like a, a good challenge because all it was was um, I had to really think about like really honestly what it was like to be a kid. Um, at first I was thinking about like, oh, what if there's not enough like fart jokes or like, you know, or like there's not enough like, I don't know, like, slime or you know whatever like <laughs> like an 11 year old supposed to be into um but i mean ultimately yeah i was just thinking about the um the sort of like uh the things that you're going through when you're that age and like how you really feel um because they're all the same feelings we have when we're adults except we don't have the like tools yet or the experience to like know how to like handle them so they just you just have all these feelings and you don't really know where they're coming from um so that was that ended up being um the, the sort of the nice thing about writing stargazing and it, it was really fun because um, it was because it was very different from my last book I wanted it to be uh, like a, just like a big departure from the prince and the dressmaker because that's how it will be interesting to me um, to do so yeah that is oh okay So, yeah, so uh, so Stargazing um, is a story I, I wanted to tell for a while because um, I wanted to talk about my personal experiences growing up. Um, you know, all my other books like are personal in some way, but I wanted it to be a little more um, intimate. Um, I wanted to be very just like down to earth about real, uh, you know, real people. Um, but I didn't want to write about myself. Um, you know, like literally, I didn't want to write, um, you know, a story about, uh, you know, little me, Jen, growing up in the 80s and 90s. Um, I just somehow, I just somehow felt that it wouldn't be as, um, like, it wouldn't be as interesting because I would, I would feel like I had to stick to, um, to kind of, you know, like the reality of what was happening, but if I made it fictional, I could sort of like explore things um, and I wouldn't have to feel afraid about like, uh, you know, sort of like breaking any rules or, or uh, kind of crossing, you know, um, you know, like truth barriers. <laughs> like I, I can just kind of like do things that, that would, um, write things that would feel real um, even if they didn't really happen, but that reflected like a real feeling or experience. Um, and one of those is um, about growing up being Asian American. Um, so I grew up um, in, a, in a community in the Bay Area uh, that, you know, that has a lot of other 
Asian Americans around, lots of um, other Chinese, Taiwanese, uh, Japanese, Korean, you know, like you name it, <laughs> Vietnamese. Um, so there were a lot of um, Asian kids uh, growing up uh, when I was there. And uh, the thing about, I think if you ask a lot of, um, of people who are uh, sort of ethnic minorities in the United States, um, either they grew up in a place where there were a lot of people like them, uh, or they were the only ones, right? Um, and I was the, the former. Like, I grew up with a lot of other um, kids who were like me. Um, and the thing is, um, it it's not, uh, it's good in, in a lot of ways, but it's also very confusing because um, instead of just comparing yourself to, you know, the sort of um, broader kind of American society, you know, and like, and the way you might be growing up with like immigrant parents and stuff, um, you're also kind of, kind of comparing yourself to the other kids who are like you and in the same community. And that can be um, a little, you know, a little strange because then you're not sure if you're uh, if you're doing things the right way, or you know, if you have little differences, like what that means, right? Um, so this story is about uh, Moon and Christine. Uh, they are uh, two 11-year-old Chinese American girls. Um, they have very different kind of families um, and very different personalities. And the thing is, they become really good friends when they. Uh, they go to school together. Um, they sort of like move, uh, Moon moves into uh, Christine's uh, family's like kind of like other unit um, at their house. And um, they become good friends uh, just like because they are around each other a lot, but then they also discover they have some things in common. Uh, Moon is really into K-pop and she decides that um, they should do a K-pop dance routine for their school talent show. Um, and so they, they sort of like um, start to hang out a lot and and um, and start to become like really good friends, but that becomes a little confusing um, and there's a little bit of tension because there are those differences there um, in their personalities and in their sort of like motivations. Um, and I, I wanted to tell like a, a like a very simple friendship story um, to go with this like context of like. Um, of uh, what it's just what it's like to just grow up, um, kind of as an Asian American, but also um, just like what it's like to be a kid. Uh, everybody has has friend drama and school drama, and um, I thought it was like a nice way to like kind of uh, kind of tell a story that has been told, but just like in a different context. Um, I also said it in <laughs> in uh, in Los Angeles um, in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, I didn't want to tell a story uh, kind of set in the past. I didn't want to write about the 80s and the 90s. Um, I thought it would be actually really interesting if I took um, sort of my experiences but sort of set it um, in a more contemporary setting um, and something that would be kind of recognizable to um, a lot of kids who would be reading this now. So um, these were just some images I grabbed from my um, my reference folder <laughs> for San Gabriel Valley, um, and so um, the 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 Shen Yun poster shows up a, a couple times because you see it in real life, you see it a lot. So um, I thought that would be kind of funny, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I thought it would be a really um, great setting because um, uh, in uh, 
because like it is a story where all um, a lot of the kids are Asian, um, I thought it would be cool to show you like a really a super like um, a super unique place. Like there's not a lot of places like San Gabriel Valley like in the U.S. It's like there's only one place like that, and like maybe there's like the South Bay up in the Bay Area, which is probably the closest thing that I sort of recognize as um, as like just a, an Asian suburb. Um, but I thought it was just like so unique because it's so American. Um, it's not like it doesn't at all feel like being in Asia, even though you have a lot of um, uh, uh, Asian immigrants there and like, you know, like really authentic restaurants. Um, but I like that it was so American and I thought that would be um, like kind of the perfect place to show where Moon and Christine would sort of have that sense of being around a lot of other people like them, but still feel a little bit like um, they're not quite where their parents are from or where, you know, a lot of the older people are from. Um, and also, uh, I used a lot of just details from um, my personal life uh, that are not necessarily related to, um, you know, um, to being Asian American. But I, uh, I had like, um, without going into spoilers for the book, I had like sort of a medical um, incident uh, when I was a kid, when I was six years old. Um, so younger than the kids are in the book, um, but it was. It was kind of this like uh, thing that happened when I was young enough that I didn't really process it as a negative thing. It just sort of like happened to me. Um, and I think, you know, obviously everyone else in my life was very scared. Um, but for me, it was actually um, a thing that felt really normal. And uh, I thought it would be a, an interesting way to show how, like, um, the how, how we sort of like have different things that we tell ourselves uh, and like uh, stories that kind of help us um, like, uh, like like narratives that help kind of like figure who we are and like explain like things that we don't understand. So um, so that ha that's something that happens to Moon and Christine in the book um, that um, you'll find out when you read it. <laughs> And um, there wasn't any particular reason why I included this picture. I just thought it was like a funny, like really awkward picture of me as a teenager um, about the, the age that like Moon and Christine would have been. <laughs> so, um, so I just thought it'd be funny to slap that in there. Um, but I'm gonna do a quick reading. And so uh, this is a scene kind of early on in the book when they're first getting to know each other. Um, so uh, Moon's family, uh, Moon and her mom has has uh, they moved into this uh, this unit um, on Christine's family's property, and uh, and they're just sort of like getting to know each other. They just had dinner together, um, and let's see, yeah. So they are kind of just hanging out in in a in Moon and her mom's room. Okay, so they're listening to music. You like K-pop, Christine? Korean pop music? Oh, I don't know. I haven't listened to any. I mostly listen to American pop and stuff. Who's your fave? Oh, I like Hayden Mills. I like that she writes her own songs and she's so cool. I like Hayden. I thought she was a good judge on that America Sing show too. Yeah, if I could be anyone, I would want to be like her. Talented, beautiful. This is Chara, she's my favorite. 
Chara is an awesome K-pop singer and a rapper and dancer, and she writes her own music too. I wish I could shave my head like that. She has this really awesome song that goes like this. I'm the queen, I'm the queen bee, so you best bow down and respect me. <laughs> You're pretty good. I love to dance, do you? Oh, I don't know. You like performing, uh, you like performing music though. You play violin, right? I do, I just, we just play stuff that we learn in class. My parents want me to sign up for the school talent show, but I don't want to. Another girl is probably gonna sign up and she's just better. <gasps> we could do a dance routine. What? Like, in a K-pop music video. I've always wanted to form a group and do a little routine. But I don't know any dances. I'll teach you, it's easy, look. Now you try it. Yeah, that's it. Now try this. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Uh, how about try this one? Yeah, yeah, girl, you're doing great, yes. Feel that music, keep going. Bye-bye. Oh, Hi, Mr. Hong. Christine, you ready to go? Yes. What are you girls doing? Just teaching Christine some dance moves. We're thinking about doing the talent show. Talent show, really, huh? I don't know if Christine's a dancer. Actually, she's pretty good. I think she's gonna knock everyone's socks off at the talent show. Okay, so they go back home. Hi, how was dinner? Really good. We had vegetarian dandan mian. Vegetarian? There wasn't any pork in it? Yeah, they're Buddhist. It says chicken nuggets. <sighs> so Christine goes back to her room and she starts writing her journal. Moon Lin, confident, funny, not Asian. All right. So that's, um, that's the reading portion. Um, and so yeah, so now um, if people have any questions, um, now would be the time if you have any questions about making comics or um, stargazing or even about my previous books. Um, yeah, I think uh, any, any questions at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think it was actually easier because it's not like um, a direct, you know, nonfiction um, because like I could sort of like 
just think about uh, things that happened to me, but use them in in the characters that are fictional. So I felt like if there's something that feels true to that character, then that is true, you know. So it it doesn't feel like I'm I'm um, sort of uh, being untruthful in that way. Um, and in fact, I feel like I can be more truthful because I can sort of use I can like. Uh, I, I can make things happen that didn't happen in real life that would kind of bring out more of like how it felt, I think. Um, just uh, just being more like honest to what the experience uh, meant ultimately. Yeah. So, yes. Oh, so, okay. So, um, she pointed out some of these like little drawings here. And um, so Moon um, is uh, a bit of an artist. And so she has a, a sketchbook that she carries around and does a lot of drawings in. Um, and uh, those kind of come into play in the story in a little bit when, uh, when we start to discover what some of those drawings mean. Yeah. So any of the little scribble drawings like that, those are Moon's drawings. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Oh, uh, that to explain that would be a little bit of a spoiler. So yeah. So um, once once you finish the book, um, I think you'll you'll know what the drawing was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, I finished it after, or I, I started it after my last book finished. So um, I had a little time in between where I just like did writing. So I did a lot of um, just like outlining and taking notes and stuff. And so I, I, I work on one thing at a time. Like I, I can't really um, do both. <laughs> so, so um, but I, I thought a lot about the book while I was finishing um, The Prince and the Dressmaker. Yeah. And so, so by the time... Um, so when you're when you're working on these books, because like toward the end, a lot of it's just production. Um, there's a lot of time that you just want to be working on writing again. So there was a lot of like just like while I'm doing stuff like in Photoshop or, or you know stuff that feels really boring. Um, just uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about like what what my next book is going to be like. So when I'm when I'm finally have having the time to do it, then it's like really fun because I could just really dive in. Yeah. 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 Um. So uh, that's that's a good question. I I um all of my books now I pitch to um, my publisher first. Um. And it's I've been with the same publisher for the for all my books. Um. So all four books were with uh, First Second, which is um, an imprint of Macmillan. Um, and that way, um, I can sort of be assured that that someone will publish it, <laughs> right? Um, but also, they they they're familiar with my work, and so um, it's it's a uh, uh, it's something that I think um, is uh, like f for my first book. I actually did I f I sort of did like a uh, a pencil draft 
and then pitched it to them. So I was like halfway done. Um, but then everything else since um, has been like, uh, they have been there since the beginning. So um, so yeah, so I, I, I did like a an outline um, and drawings to kind of show them what it would be like. And then I pitched it to them and then I worked on it um, after after they, they bought the book, yeah, so. Um, it, it really depends. I think it, um, uh, you can kind of, um, set your deadline depending on how long you think it might take you. Um, and for me, I know it tends to be about like a year and a half maybe. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so for, um, for some other books it's taken longer. Um, this one was actually really condensed, um, because they actually thought that it would be a good idea um, to release it closer to um, to the Prince and the Dressmaker uh, because there was actually a little bit of a gap. Um, the Prince and the Dressmaker took a really long time to come out, so like uh, longer than than I think usual. <laughs> so I think uh, they thought, well, I mean, you'll be working on this, and maybe it'd be good to have like this come out a little sooner. So, um, and I was game, so we did it in a shorter amount of time than it would normally take me. But by then, um, I felt like this book, uh, it it didn't have to look super, um, like, indulgently beautiful, <laughs> the, the way that maybe The Prince and the Dressmaker, like, felt like it, it needed to be really beautiful. Um, and then this book, I felt like it's more about just kind of getting the the character expressions right, and, and you know, it doesn't um, need to look really grand. So in a way, I felt like I was allowed to draw faster and more casually. So yeah. So it was, and, and also, um, I forgot to mention, but uh, this is the first book that I didn't color myself. Um, and um, I've kind of wanted to work with the colors for a while, uh, even though I actually really like coloring. Um, I've colored all my other books, but I thought that, um, Usually towards the end, because it's the last thing I do, I'm like really, really exhausted, <laughs> and, and I felt like maybe, maybe for once, um, especially since this had a shorter deadline, that it would be a good idea to have um, someone else step in. And um, and I, I had someone in mind uh, for a long time because uh, 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 her name's Lark Pian, and she did a lot of um, coloring for uh, Jean Yang's books, um, American Born Chinese, and uh, Boxers and Saints, which are both very good books. Um, and uh, and she's also Chinese American, and we've been good friends for a long time. So I thought this would be the kind of perfect book for us to work on together. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so early on I knew that like I kind of wanted someone like Lark to work on this book. So um, that made things a lot easier because she could start coloring while um, I was inking, so it, there was a, like a little more overlap in the production, yeah. So, and that was definitely very helpful. It was like, it was nice to be, uh, it still felt like a long time working on the book, but it felt like uh, it was a lot just smoother to, to finish um, and and spend more time on the on the things that I, um, that I wanted to and not have to feel like I was dragging myself across the finish line at the very end. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, it was a long time ago, <laughs> but um, I think uh, 
Coco took maybe about like also a year and a half to two years um, after there was like a lot there was long breaks in between um, but if I if I condensed everything it would have been that amount of time um, the coloring the watercoloring actually um, it started really slow but the more I did it the faster I got so toward the end I, I was pretty fast at coloring it um, it wouldn't take longer than I would uh, doing like uh, Photoshop, you know, coloring. Uh, so, and I, I feel like that's, that's the same with like any new process. Um, with in real life, I also started really, really slow with like coloring digitally because it was the first time I did it. But by the end, I was like a pro because I had to do like, you know, it 200 times. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't remember how long it took, but it didn't take nearly as long as uh, I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, um, what is it like collaborating uh, with Corey? Um, it was very, so um, our collaboration is probably pretty different than a lot of um, other typical collaborations too because um, he wrote the original short story but then I sort of went and um, uh, and adapted it like with my own voice um, because they wanted someone who uh, could update the story because it was uh, it was written in like 1999, but it was about video games and it needed to like there was like big leaps in technology that happened since then, and and they also wanted it to uh, be expanded into like a fuller story um, than just like the short. So um, I think uh, like we we would sort of go back and forth between me writing a draft and then Corey reading it and. Um, sort of making commentary and, and like making notes and making suggestions. Uh, so we went back and forth many, many times until we found a, like a, um, a version that we were happy with. Um, and so uh, it was, I never really collaborated with someone before. So that was like just like a whole new experience for me. Um, but it did teach me um, how to organize a lot of my writing and my writing process. Because uh, before that, um, when I was doing my first book, Coco, I would just sort of like write, I would like sort of scribble, um, like uh, uh, just sort of like, you know, like notes basically in a notebook. Um, and I didn't, uh, yeah, it was just very messy, uh, which I, I kind of felt like was fine at the time because I was, my process was a little more like free form and I kind of liked that. Um, but, uh, because in real life we had to, everyone had to be on the same page. Everyone had to actually be able to read what I was thinking and like, you know, and also, so the editors know, um, I started being very structured about it and I found that I actually really liked that, um, because I, I like was able to go back and change a lot of things. And there were a lot of things in Coco that I felt like maybe if I had written a draft earlier, then maybe I would go back and change some ideas or explore other ideas that I just never got to because I was kind of making it up as I went along. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I the, my big takeaway from uh, doing in real life was that I had this new structured form of writing uh, where I would write like a script and or an outline first and then a script and then everyone can read what I'm what I'm doing so yeah so that that was that was um a, a thing that I brought to all my my books since yeah so, yeah 
Uh, you mean like um, what what books would I recommend, or just yeah? Yeah. Um. I so in in high school I was really into reading manga, um, and I read a little bit um, through. I had um, so up in the Bay Area they had like a Pacific East Mall, which had like you know Ranch Ninety Nine in it and, and stuff like that, and uh, but they also had this bookstore. That where you could rent uh, manga that was translated into Chinese um, for like uh, like twenty five cents. So you could like have like a membership, and you could just like I, I was just borrowing a lot of manga, and and that was I mean now you have like libraries have all that stuff, you know. Like at the time that was like it was like so um, like special that I had something like that, um, and so I just like read a lot, um, and. Uh, I think I think it was just a, a thing that you know there was it was there and there was like so many options to choose from, um, whereas like at the time there wasn't a lot in sort of American comics that was really aimed at like teenagers like they were I mean they were they, they would be read by teenagers but they were really aimed at like adult men <laughs> you know and so you know so um, I. Um, yeah, I just I just read a lot of manga. I think like at the time, and and I think um, the 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 good news is that's all available now. Like there's so much, and there's like way more than like, you know, was available um, to me even at the time. Um, and now there's now there's like you know like graphic novels, and there's stuff that's aimed at uh, younger readers too, and that's like so cool. And that's only really existed in the past like 10, 15 years, which is crazy that, you know, um, I, just, I just didn't think this was like a, a, a real thing I could do for work, <laughs> like until until it became a thing. So um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, read just like um, all of the comics that uh, are, you know, that speak to you. Um, and there's like so many options. And, uh, and then also just read a lot of, you know, I, I read a lot of like, you know, novels and stuff uh, for kids and for adults too. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I would just recommend reading a lot. <laughs> so, cause you know, you'll find, you'll have like different, um, you, you know, you'll find your different like little niches and there's so much, there's so much more I think in children's literature than there was like when I, back when I was growing up. So I think there's, there's actually more now that I, I'm kind of excited about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do I have any favorite kids' novels? Um, I mean, I, I've been thinking about, like, kind of books that I really liked when I was a kid, and I think I was really into, like... I was really into books about like animals, <laughs> I think, when I was in middle grade, like that kind of reading age. Um, I was really into, um, I just recently reread um, Where the Red Fern Grows, um, which is a kind of like a, I forgot, um, Wilson Rawls is the name of the author. Um, and it's just like a story about a kid who really uh, has this like really specific dream about buying two specifically to these hound dogs um, and training them to hunt and then going out and hunting with them and 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 he does that and and it, it takes place in the um, yeah I'm forgetting the like exactly when um, but it was a little before 
the Great Depression, I think. Um, so um, it's it was written in the 60s, but it was a, kind of about the author's childhood. Um, but it was, it's just like a really simple but really compelling story, I think, because it's all, all about um, kind of having agency and having like a very specific desire and just like working really hard towards it. So um, that's something that I, I still, it's a book I still think about a lot. Um, and uh, so that, that, that's one of my, one of my all time favorites. I think, yeah. So, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, maybe now's we can, we can transition to, yes. to signing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.